Hey there, and welcome to another episode of the Love Offering Podcast. I am your host, Rachel Adams, and today's guest is Shannon Martin. Shannon is on the show talking about how a little conversation goes a long way. Based on my devotional, A Little Goes a Long Way, 52 Days to a Significant Life. But before we get into today's conversation, I'd like to introduce you to this episode's sponsor. Today's sponsor is Crowned Free. Crowned Free is a fashion and gifts brand that is on mission to end the injustice of human trafficking. They give back a portion of all profits to organizations both in the United States and internationally that work to restore, rescue, and rehabilitate survivors. Crowned Free also creates sustainable jobs for girls who have been rescued from human trafficking to make over half of their products. This opportunity equips survivors with vocational skills that they can use to provide for themselves and their families. This month, for our Love Offering podcast listeners, you can spend $75 and receive this month's ethically made, survivor made item at a 50% discount. To learn more, get involved, or start shopping, visit crownedfree.com slash Nicole, or click the link in this episode's show notes. So more about our episode today, Shannon is on the show inviting us into deeper connection through Simple Resets. Through her book, Start With Hello, and today's conversation, we hope you'll realize a life of security, camaraderie, and joy. There is no step too small. Let's start with hello. Hello, Shannon, and welcome to the Love Offering Podcast. Hello. It's so good to be here. I love that we're saying hello because <laughs> you have a book that start with hello. And today's conversation is all about how a little conversation can go a long way. So as, as we begin, I've just um, enjoyed getting to know you before we hit record, but I'd love to give listeners a chance to get to know you a little bit better. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes, I'd be happy to. So I live in Goshen, Indiana, which is way up by the Michigan line. So we're, we're almost out of Indiana way up here. Um, I live with my husband, Corey. He is uh, the chaplain of our county jail here in Elkhart County. We've been married for over 20 years. And then we have four kids. Our oldest son is grown and out of the house. His name is Robert. And then we have three, three teenagers still at home, Cal, Ruby, and Silas. So we're, we're just like full throttle teenage years here and everything that brings with it. Um, and I also work part-time as a cook at our community kitchen. So we, we serve a hot lunch five days a week there at the window is the name of the organization. Okay. So it's noon as we're recording. So who's cooking lunch today? Well, I'm only there on Mondays and Thursdays. Okay. Yeah. The, the rest of the crew is there, they're five days a week. And I just, you know, I pop in the beginning and the end of the week. (laughs) Um, I it's, it's it's one of the most steadying things I've ever done. I've worked there for about four years now. And at different times I've worked more days a week. Um, Right now, two days is what really works for me. And I just love it. I love everything about it. So. Yeah. It reminds me of just thinking about how Jesus cared about our physical needs. And then that when we care for people's physical needs, it it opens up the doors to meet their emotional and spiritual needs as well. Um, And to, to have all the conversations that I bet you've had over the years with the people that you meet and are they regular people or is it like constantly new people coming in all the time or both? Well, yeah, you know, we, we just reopened the dining room in August from the pandemic. So for two years, we were serving everything to go. We 
hardly got to see our neighbors that came to eat. You know, we were still providing that care, but we had to do it in such a different way. So having them back in the building and in the cafeteria with us, the dining room is like the best thing ever. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of them were very familiar faces. And so it was just good to reconnect. Some of them were new, but it's, it's funny because we, you know, we're, we're cooking lunch in the dining room. They come in and have some of them come in and have breakfast, coffee and donuts in the morning too. And, and so a lot of them, we know, we know their faces, we know their names, but we also know their voices. We know their laughs. We know their food preferences. I mean, it's just, it's really special to just continue to get to know each other as, as humans, as neighbors, as, you know, people who share the same community. So it's, it's just the best thing. Well, I love, you know, and even before we hit record, and I hope it's okay that I'm sharing this, but you're like, I said, well, how was your day been? And you're like, well, we had a flat tire. My husband brought me lunch home, like, and just from, from my, Taco my, Bell, from Taco Bell. Okay. I didn't know. <laughs> oh, <laughs> please. I am. I am a Taco Bell evangelist. It's all good. <laughs> uh, I love a cheesy, cheesy gordita crunch and the little cinnamon twists. I mean, that's, yes. You does it get better? I, know. I would, He sent me that text. Do you want anything from Taco Bell? And I was like, oh my word, I love this man. <laughs> He knows what I need. So yes, it's, it's, that's it. We're just, we're all in the midst of our ordinary lives doing the stuff we do. I mean, this is it. This is life. Mm-hmm. This is what, this is what life looks like. It's just, it's, it's getting, you know, getting through the days and finding those, those bright spots as they come. Yeah. Well, so on that note, you've actually written a book titled Ministry of Ordinary Places. And in it, you write about how no matter where we live or how much we have, as we learn what it is to be with people as Jesus was, we'll find our very selves. And then you say that the details will look quiet and ordinary and the call will be, will both exhaust and exhilarate us. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to just hear more about this. Like what leads you to this conclusion? I actually wholeheartedly agree with every ounce of that, but um, I'd love to hear it more in your own words. Well, so my family, we, we entered a really different phase of our life about 11 years ago, which sounds like a long time. It still feels in in so many ways, it still feels kind of new to us, but we moved into this community at that time. Um, we moved here, not, not far geographically, but in every sense of the word, you know, us moving into this, this neighborhood, which is a lower income kind of under-resourced, very overlooked neighborhood. It, it just changed our lives. It changed everything about, about the way we see the world, the way we see, um, our calling as, as Christians, you know, a lot of times Christians talk about like, you know, what is my calling? What is God calling me to? And, and I would very much have put myself in that camp, but at at the point that we moved into this neighborhood, it kind of clicked into place for me that, Oh, okay. My, my calling, my true, true calling is to live as a neighbor to live in connection with the people around me, to really see them, um, to pay attention to, to their lives and their unique needs and their, you know, what they have to offer. And, and so I think any of us who are Christ followers, I think that is our calling. I don't think we have to keep looking for it. I think it's, it's right there, you know, woven throughout scripture, love God and love your neighbor. But the reality is most of us don't really know who our neighbor is. We don't know why this matters. We don't know how to do it. And so that's, I have spent the, the past 10 years of my life writing, you know, kind of chasing those questions in my writing. Um, and yeah, with the Ministry of Ordinary Places, I was really asking that question, why does this matter? And, and what does it look like to really kind of um, bond ourselves to, to the people around us, wherever we happen to be planted? 
And, and that was the, I mean, it, it was, it was like waking up to just a, a really new way of, of interacting with the world I'm in. Yeah. Whether you're a chaplain and, and your neighbor is the people in the prison cells around right. you, or if you're at school and it's your classmates, or if you're a stay at home mom and it's your kids, like, or just the literal neighborhood you live in, we live yeah. on a farm. So we have like our neighbors yes. are <laughs> pretty far away. Yep. We still have gotten to know them. Um, yeah. and it's been, it's been a gift. Um, in fact, yeah. our neighbor, she's 85 and her name is Doris and her dog Russell was the first one to come over to meet Aww. us. And so she would just <laughs> come and drive up our, our gravel lane, um, to come get Russell, but that's how we ended up starting. And it that. opened up this beautiful gift of being able to, um, interact and get to know her. And so just to kind of be open to that, no matter how yeah. that happens, I think is neat. I, I think that's, that hits to the heart of it is that, you know, when, when, when we landed in this neighborhood and we actually lived in a farmhouse prior to this down a long gravel lane. Um, so I identify with that, but when we landed here, I, I, I sort of had this idea, okay, now we're here in this place where, you know, people everywhere, very diverse experiences all around me in every sense of the word. I mean, it was just very different from, from anything Corey and I had grown up with. And, and I felt like I needed to do something like, okay, now what do I do? What should I be doing? And I think that was kind of ingrained in me in my faith. And especially as a woman, probably, um, that there was something I needed to do. And, and what I discovered, what, what God kind of led me to was my job was to pay attention to just be awake to what's happening around me, to be available. It's not so much about going out and doing a particular thing as it is, like you said, when Russell shows up, that's an opportunity. And, and we can be ready for those opportunities or we can be annoyed by those interruptions. You know, it's kind of a matter of how we want to frame that. But those are invitations to connect in some way, meaningfully with the people closest to us. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Well, okay. So a lot of, you know, these ordinary meetings that we have, we can either acknowledge the people in front of us and make eye contact, smile and say hello yeah. or not. <laughs> and but, yeah. I'm an introvert. And so Me sometimes <laughs> you know, it is easier just to keep those earbuds in or yeah. that nose in the book or whatever we're doing and just keep on, on our, on our way. But so your mm. latest release is called start with hello. Yep. So why, why is beginning conversations so hard for us? Cause yeah. it, it just really, it's even after COVID, I don't know if you, I got so kind of reclusive that when we did enter back in, it was like, gosh, I don't even know how to do this. And I don't know right. how to socialize. Oh, it sounds ridiculous, for sure. but it was true. No, I think, I think most of us are feeling a little rusty. You know, it, even if we felt like we had a handle on this at some point, which a lot of us, myself included, never felt like I I've never felt like I was wired for this. I am an introvert. I am a pretty awkward person. I have to really push myself out of my comfort zone. Um, so yes, we, I I'm feeling extra rusty. You know, it's like, we're, we're trying to re-engage with the world. We're trying to learn, you know, take what we've learned over, over that, that weird time and, and put it to use in some way. I just think no matter, you know, when we think about our relationships, all of them, you know, from our closest relationships to our just acquaintances, they all started somewhere very bite-sized and small. They all started really low to street level, just in the midst of our ordinary lives. They started with a very simple greeting, a hello. And so that tells us this should not be overlooked. It shouldn't be minimized. I mean, 
some of those, those initial contacts that begin with that hello grow into something super meaningful and, and rich in our lives. And, and plenty of times they, they don't, but, but they are still, that's, that's looking each other in the eye and, and noticing each other. And even just those simple gestures of kind of, you know, nonverbal and a smile, a eye contact, that's what gives us that sense of, of belonging and that sense of um, just, yeah, being known and knowing each other. It's a really good posture to just kind of sit in as people, but we have to make the intention that that's just what we're going to do because it doesn't come naturally to most of us. Yeah. And I, I'm thinking about just how Jesus and, and even God, like they were, they were actually good conversationalists and they, they asked yeah. lots of questions no matter where they were. And, you know, most of the conversations didn't even happen like at church, they happened out and about wherever yeah. they were. So yeah. how do you suggest that we keep, you know, okay, it's one thing to say hello, but how do we, yeah. how do we keep the conversation going? Like, and yeah. not just the, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Okay. Have a good day. Right, right. <laughs> you know? Check it off the list. Yeah. We're done. I, you know, I love that you're framing this in, you know, what was Jesus like? I think Jesus is our roadmap for how to do this. And, and we can, it's, it sounds so obvious and, and yet we can almost kind of forget that. But I do think I'm going to take a liberty and say, in my perception, Jesus seems kind of introverted to me. Um, you know, he was, he was surrounded with people and he was um, ministering to the people around him, but he was a listener and a question asker. I mean, I think that's the, that's one of the takeaways is that as, as we want to engage and allow things to go deeper, we begin with listening. And that's something Jesus modeled so well. And like you said, so much of, you know, I, I took time before I wrote the ministry of ordinary places and I went through the gospels and I had like a little uh, colored pencil or crayon, maybe even works really well to underline in the Bible. And I just started underlining where we see Jesus using his bodily senses. And so if you take, if you do that practice, you will see that often Jesus was on his way to do whatever, and he noticed something, you know, so we'll see the words, you know, he heard, he noticed, he saw, he felt, you know, he feels a woman reach up and grab his sleeve and it changes the course of, of what he was doing, where he was going. He, he takes that moment to be available to that. Um, and he allows it to kind of disrupt his plans. And then through listening, he's, he's asking questions. He's probably, you know, kind of frustratingly asking questions when we would often rather Jesus give us really clear, straight answers. And that's not what we see a lot of the time is just him, him really seeing the person in front of him. I think that's where we begin is just by closing our mouths and, and listening, really listening. Gosh, I'm going to have to get my crown out. Because... <laughs> I recommend it. It was powerful for me. Well, yeah, I'm just thinking about, okay, so what does that look like in our lives? Like Shannon and Rachel, we, we felt, we heard, yeah. we saw, we noticed and like, but then it goes back to what you said earlier, like giving enough space that we can respond to yeah. whatever that is to and be not available. Just yeah. Be available. That's the hard part. Yeah, I mean, that's hard in a lot of different ways. And it doesn't mean that we can always, I mean, you know, I learned that lesson early on here in the neighborhood. It, it, it doesn't mean that we can always drop what we're doing and engage, 
but it does mean that a lot of the time we can, you know, if we can, it's hard for me. I mean, I think we are wired to be, you know, we've got this big to-do list and we've got stuff that we've got to get taken care of. And, you know, we, we kind of go at the speed of light. It feels like a lot of times. So, so to build in some, some natural pauses and just some, some breathing room so that when things come up, we are able to, to be there, to be there in the moment, be present and, and then allow that seed to kind of germinate and, and see what happens from there. So this sounds like a ridiculous question, but I'd like, I, I hope that you get my intention with it. Like, <laughs> why do we even want to start the conversation to begin with? You know, like, what is the end goal? It's not just to check off another to-do list. Like, well, I yeah. said, hello, I did it. Yeah, that's <laughs> you it. Know? Well, you, like I said, I, I think we can see that this matters to the heart of God. And, and that was one of my initial questions. Like, okay, I get it. <laughs> this seems to matter, but why, like, why does it matter that we connect, especially, you know, with the people really closest to us, the people that we're just kind of bumping, rubbing shoulders with and bumping into through the midst of our ordinary everyday happenings. Why does it matter? I think it comes back to, we were actually created to know each other and to need each other. You know, this context of community and um, finding ways to get through life together and finding ways to, to listen when it's hard and to, um, to put ourselves in each other's shoes and, you know, all these really, I, I mean, th that's what, what we have seen, what my family has seen is that as we have entered into this practice and, and it's not something, you know, we feel like we still have miles to go, but as we've gotten more intentional about these practices of really paying attention to what's happening around us and the people around us that has given us the clearest picture of who God is and how God loves us. I think we were meant to, to reflect God's love and God's goodness and grace onto each other. And so if we're going to experience that, we've got to be near each other. We've got to be, you know, looking at each other and listening to each other. I just, I think it's at, at a certain point, it feels almost a little intangible. It's just a hard thing to articulate, but, but what I know for sure is that the more we do it, the more we kind of actively do these practices of saying, we're just going to be more intentional about this. The more, the more we, we kind of fall in love with this place where God has planted us. We fall in love with the people around us. We find ourselves being loved by the people around us. Like this is, this is the, it, the active kingdom of God at work. This is the, the reign of God happening around us where we are not closed off from each other, but where we are really kind of looking outward rather than inward, we're opening our doors rather than closing our doors. I mean, I think that's, that's the kind of community God built us for. Yes. And I agree. And something else that you say is that there is no step too small, which I know a little goes a long way. So I just loved that. <laughs> You're like, we can start small and that's okay. Yes. So, so once we say hello, what are some other simple resets that we can make to connect and find community? Well, yeah, I mean, I think we can allow, we can allow, allow ourselves the permission to let this be very slow work. I think not only can it start really small, I think it really should start small. I think we can take the pressure off of ourselves. It's not about necessarily, you know, meeting. I have done this, by the way, I have met somebody and in the same breath, invited them over to dinner. I actually wrote about that in my first book, Falling Free. 
So I have done kind of some weird stuff like that, but I think for the most part, we can just allow ourselves to be, um, to, to just, to let the work be slow, to let it be almost hidden, to, to feel sometimes like, does this matter? You know, does it matter that, that it's, that I've said hello to the same mom, you know, walking to school for the past two months, like every day we see each other, we smile and we say, hi, what I know for sure is that sometimes you get to the third month and things take a, you know, they, they take a turn, they round a corner and then you, you might stop for chit chat. And then in another couple of months, you might, you know, that relationship blooms and it grows, but we have to just be okay with it being slow and hidden and pretty unspectacular. I think that's what kind of just pulls us into living um, awake and engaged and present in this world that we are so that, so that we can experience the God, the goodness of God, as we're going through our, our ordinary, regular, boring lives. Um, th that's, that's where we see so many of those glimpses and they capture us and they change us. So, yeah, I mean, I think, I think the, the simplest reset, one of my favorite resets is to be very intentional about watching creation and it sounds almost like, you know, do, do these dots really connect, Shannon? I'm here to say they absolutely do. When we pay attention to our place, to the sky over us, I'm looking out the window right now, like when we pay attention to the sky, when we pay attention to the ground beneath our feet and what is emerging from the soil and what are the trees looking at, it just builds in us this capacity for paying more attention to the people around us and to the events around us and to the injustice around us. It's just a practice that we've got to build. You know, we've got to get that muscle memory that we're really getting better at actively paying attention to our world. And, and when we do it, it extends into all different areas of our lives. So you actually call this book a field guide for a life of security, camaraderie, and joy. So that's, mm -hmm. that's like a, a, not a tall order, but it just like, it's a big <laughs> promise, you know? Yeah, it is. So, so I'd love to hear how this has pro been proven true in your own life. The promise holds, you know, I mean, I just, now I've been here for 11 years and I've been, I've been doing this stuff, um, which again, by doing this stuff, what I mostly mean is just being aware, being available, being ready when opportunities come up, when, you know, we, we think about, you know, what, what do we have to offer and what do we have to receive, you know, it's gotta be that two-way street where we are, we're not just always the ones helping or always the ones giving, but we've got to be able to receive. That's what true hospitality is, is this idea of ask for what you need, offer what you can. And we just keep taking turns with the people around us in really humble, ordinary ways. But, but as, as we let those months and years stack up, what we, what we know for sure, what I know for sure now is that I belong here. I belong in this neighborhood. I don't know if I'll live here forever. I hope I do, but I don't know what the future holds. But what I do know is when I'm, you know, when I'm here in my home, when I'm in my neighborhood, I know the people around me, they know me. I know that I'm in a place where, um, where I, I'm known, I'm seen, I'm cared for. That gives us this sense of connection that I think a lot of us don't even know we're missing. But, you know, wherever we live, and we all live in different places, and I wrote this book to really apply well to a variety of contexts, to a variety of people. Um, 
but wherever we are, we're here, we're here, we got here somehow, you know, whether we made the choice, whether the choice was made for us, here we are in these homes. Most of us spend our lives living in a home and in a place where we do not know the people closest to us. And it just does not have to be that way. And if we can, if we can kind of go first, you know, this just take, it requires somebody to go first and why not us? If we can begin to take just those tiny little steps, those baby steps towards actually connecting with the people in our neighborhoods, but even beyond that, just the people in our communities, the people we're interacting with, um, it gives us that, that sense of like, okay, we're part of something bigger than us. And, you know, we can, we can kind of lean against each other. Um, we can suffer together. We can celebrate together. That's the life of connection and, and joy and fun and, and, and sorrow sometimes. I mean, that's the, that's the truly abundant life. You know, I wrote in my devotional about how, if we don't ever start the conversation, you know, and I know, and I like, we start simple, we say hello, but the reality is, is when we start the conversation, it opens the door to eventually lead people to Christ. I mean, that that's the reason we are here. And if we don't even say hello and start the conversation, we have no chance of leading them to Christ probably. And so like the stakes are kind of high, you know, we can get there simply and slowly, but I also think it's kind of, it's kind of serious in some ways. Like this is important work that we're doing easy and hard, um, yeah. slow and fast. I don't know. Do you have anything to say on, on even yeah. that? You know, I think God is, is just actively profoundly passionately at work in our midst all the time. You know, one of the things about the neighborhood I live in, or even, you know, my, my kids, they're, they're out of elementary school now, but when we moved in, they were, they went to the, the title one public elementary school at the end of our street. And a title one school means the, the vast majority of the kids in, in our community are living at or below the poverty level. And so there's a lot of there's a lot of um, hard things about this community. The problem is, is that, is that many people find it difficult to look be beyond those hard things and see like the real beauty and the gift of this community and the, and the people. But one of the things that was, that was said to us when we moved was, oh, you can, you know, bring God into your neighborhood, bring God into the school. For my husband, Corey, who's been the chaplain now for maybe eight years, God, you know, Corey can bring God into the jail. And, and the reality is God has already been here. God, God is not, it's not dependent on us bringing God anywhere. God is actively at work here. But I do think if we want to be reflecting God's goodness and, and receiving God's goodness from the people around us, we just have to be near each other. I mean, we have to be connected. Um, so, so one of the practices, my family kind of, we kind of stumbled into a lot of this. We don't, anything we, we really know about this topic, we've learned from our neighbors, from the people around us. And that's, you know, all of this comes secondhand, honestly, for, from the ways that we have been loved so well. But one of the things we realized when, when we moved into this home and then Corey became the chaplain and then, you know, we live in a neighborhood where people rebuilding out of incarceration often might land. There are a lot of rental properties, you know, all, all these things. And our church that we started attending is just at the end of our street as well. So it's very walkable for us. Um, but, but we came to the conclusion early on that the only path to our church was through our dining room. So we, were not, we weren't going to engage anybody on the idea of, hey, you should come to church with us. Or, hey, that's our church. You should stop by sometime. We were never going to lead with that ever. 
we were only going to lead with, hey, come on over and have soup with us. Come join us for dinner. Um, stop by and have some popcorn with us later after dinner. I mean, whatever the case may be, it can be so simple. But that's where that's where the good stuff really starts is in these in the sharing of our spaces and the sharing of our of our really imperfect selves. That's where that's where that soil feels really rich. Well, and I imagine your children are picking up on these same practices. Y'all are living a, as a husband and wife and sounds like your children in their school and their activities, extracurricular. And like, yeah. I can just see <clears throat> the contagiousness of it um, yeah. all. And that's really beautiful. Um, like I'm, I'm inspired just by hearing you um, and I can feel your conviction and hu- your humility um, in it all. That's just really, really evident. And, um, so I would love to hear, this is kind of a question as we come to a close that I've been asking all of my guests, yeah. um, but I want to tailor it specifically to today's conversation. So how have you seen, um, a little hello or a little conversation go a long way in your own life? Oh man. It's like, wh- where do I start? Which one, I mean, right? Yeah. Which <laughs> one? Um, there were a bunch of ideas floating through my head. And I will say a lot of those stories are the stories I wrote and, and start with hello. There are a lot of different layers. You know, I think that's, that's the other good news is that all these hellos don't have to end with best friendship. You know, a lot of these hellos end with just really comfortable connection and kind of these loose ties that make up a life. So there, there's all different kinds of layers to, to these connections and relationships, but I'm going to say, since you brought up my work at the window and my coworkers who are, they are just wrapping up lunchtime right now. One of my dearest friends has become my coworker Maynard. He is just turned 86 this summer. Um, He works every day in the kitchen with us. He is just vibrant and thriving and thoughtful and um, oriented towards the justice of God and you know, I just, I, I look back and think we are, we so often miss these really meaningful connections because on paper, it might not make sense. You know, on paper, Maynard and I might not have a lot in common. We're in very different phases of life. We have lived very different lives. Um, he's older than I am, you know, just on and on we could go with, with these particular differences. But when we choose to invest, when we choose to just intentionally get to know each other, when we let that hello turn into something more, we, we find ourselves with, with really unexpected friendship and kinship and, and connection that just carries us through. So yes, that it, I could, I could list so many others, but that's one of my favorites right now was, was just thinking back to, there was a time in my life when, when I didn't have Maynard in my life. And I'm just so grateful now that I do. Mm. Oh, I love that. I have a gym that is similar to that. He's 86 and I was unloading my, um, my car with groceries for a project 5810 ministry, which is a food ministry. And I had my daughter, Kate, like kind of like wrapped around my stomach, you know, when they're newborns. And (laughs) then I had my son, Will, who was a toddler at the time I was parked on like the road and trying to get all these groceries into the church. And Jim comes up to me and says, ma'am, do you need help? And I was like, yes, yes, I need help. And then and that received. launched, that was, yes. you know, 
11 years ago and he's become like a grandfather figure oh, and it was just him see, being aware yes. seeing somebody that like Perfect. oh gosh she needs help <laughs> well and Rachel you did the hard thing of saying yes I do need help because mm-hmm. so many times our impulse is to be like oh no 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 I got it yeah thanks anyway I got this mm-hmm. it's really hard to receive help so good job I mean that that's such a, an awesome place to start yeah but yeah what, what if it, if he hadn't offered and I hadn't said yes yeah. then you know, I would have missed out on a beautiful friendship, you know, 10 years later. So I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody stay awake and and aware of the needs and the people right in front of you. This has been, gosh, I'm, I'm thankful you're right in front of me. This has been such a a blessing of a conversation for me personally. And I have no doubt it will be for everybody who tunes in. So Shane, and thank you for helping us to believe that a little conversation goes a long way. Thanks. Thank you so much for tuning into today's conversation with Shannon Martin. We hope that today encouraged you to say hello and to believe that a little conversation goes a long way. This week, your little task is to say hello to the next person you pass. If someone speaks to you, engage with them and continue the conversation. If you're interested in show notes, you can head on over to at Rachel Adams author on Instagram or Facebook. I'd love to continue the conversation there. I'd also like to connect with you over on rachelkadams.com. There you can subscribe to receive your weekly love offering newsletter. And all of this information can go straight to your inbox each week. You can also listen to previous podcast episodes. You can read the blog series. You can purchase the significant merchandise, download free resources like the conversation guide, guided journal, and list tracker. And you can invite me to come and speak about this a little goes a long way, significant message. I would love to share this message with your ladies retreat or your church group or your Bible study. I would be honored to come and join you. Again, you can find all that information at rachelkadams.com. Next week, my guest is Rebecca George. She's on the show talking about how a little effort goes a long way. But until we chat again, I hope you have a terrific week. And as always, remember to lead with love.